Hey, I'm Craig Rochelle, the pastor of Live Church, and I'm incredibly honored to be a part this year of the Collide Summit at Liquid Church on September the 13th and the 14th. We're gonna have some amazing speakers, great musicians. We're gonna be in the presence of God, and we're gonna talk about becoming fearless. We're gonna see God use you and all of us to do more than you can ask, think, or imagine. September 13th and 14th, see you this year at the Collide Summit. Welcome back to the Collide Leadership Podcast. I am so excited that you've joined us for this episode today. I'm your host, Steve Grusendorf, and I want you to know that whether you're a newly installed ministry leader, a volunteer leader in your church, or a seasoned ministry professional, this podcast is designed with you in mind. The Collide Leadership Podcast is an opportunity to talk about the things that matter most to ministry leaders trying to serve the Lord in a Northeastern context. Today, we wanna talk about the power of story, and our guest is Mr. Elliot Shuey. Elliot is the creative director at Rethink Creative, a brand strategy and design studio for ministries and nonprofits. Welcome, Elliot. We are so glad that you're able to join us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Elliot, uh, I know we're talking about story today, but we do value, in fact, the power of story here at Clyde. So, as we start out, would you mind sharing just a little of your own story with us? Specifically, how did you find a relationship with God and which one or two things that the Lord's been teaching you recently? Yeah, I'd love to. It's uh nothing like a little bit of pressure on the story episode to share your own story. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, really quick. Yeah, my my background, I grew up in the church, um, grew up the son of a pastor, um, mm, interesting. still am the son of a pastor. And so um, just grew up being very involved in the church. Both my parents were fully in ministry. Mm. Um and so I grew up very familiar with things of God, you know, mm-hmm. learning the Bible, memorizing scripture. It was, you know, as I'm sure a lot of Christians can relate to um, growing up in the church. And so, you know, it naturally became the case that my parents' faith was kind of just my faith. Mm. And uh, um, journeyed through that, you know, all of grade school. And it really wasn't until college that I, you know, really came into my own in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an interesting aspect of my story is that both my parents are artists, both are musicians. And so I've always found myself in this space of um, dealing with the intersection of faith and art. And um, that's been a critical part of my own journey. Yeah. In um, when I went to, went to school, um, you know, stepping deeper into that and, um, you know, discovering my own path as an artist, as a creative. And, um, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm very blessed to have had that upbringing with my parents. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a great journey since then, just growing deeper and, um, exploring, exploring those, those intersections in a deeper way. Um, so, I love how you talked about the the idea of intersection. That that's really what we want to get at in our time today of talking about story. Yeah. Um, so let me kind of set the the context. And, and it's a context listener that I, I know you're are already familiar with because it's the world that we live in. Um, we live in a data driven world. Um, I mean, Google is amazing in that we can go on Google and find out literally anything about anything, anytime. And, and so information is only a click away from us. Um, and so it's not about a lack of information. 
And and so I want to talk about this intersection. And you said the intersection of art and faith, but just the uh, the intersection of story, creativity, and faith. Because yeah. I've experienced this, at least in my own life, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Elliot. That there are times when I go to church um, and, and I and I hear the gospel being discussed, and I feel like they're having a conversation that is not including me. Because they're talking about data, they're talking about facts, they're talking about convincing. Not that these things are unimportant, but to me, as I wouldn't classify myself as a younger leader, but it feels like that's an argument for a generation that doesn't include me. Right. But I don't hear as much about the story of the gospel. And and Mm. so what I want to talk about is how can we begin to rediscover the story of the Bible? Because I think as I look at Scripture, I, I see this, this story being told, and I don't know if that's what you see as well, but can we talk for a minute about why it's important to see kind of the narrative aspect of the Bible, the idea that God may be telling us one central story in the Bible? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and you, you hit on it well that facts can only be so compelling, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, facts are crucial to any story, but it's... Um, it's really, uh, I think, the key difference in in telling story is is that um, story has a way of inspiring people that facts never hmm. will be able to. And so, that when I think we, when we talk about the narrative aspect of the Bible, um, you know, story has everything to do with relationship. Hmm. And so, uh, I think it's critical in in thinking through that narrative aspect. To, to recognize that we are made in the image of God. And I think that that mm. plays a critical role in, in understanding that we are, in a sense, hardwired for story and for um, understanding uh, the things of God. You know, God has placed eternity in our hearts that um, we have a, a desire for meaning and finding depth in all things. Um, uh, I think this reality that... Uh, we have eternity set in our hearts means that um, our life here has purpose, that mm-hmm. our life is heading somewhere. It's it's moving in a direction. And so, um, yeah, I think um, that central story, really it really comes back to the person of Christ mm-hmm. and understanding that from the beginning, it has been God's design to mm-hmm. rescue and redeem his people. Um, and that that's always a story that's going to be worth telling. Um, yeah, no, that's good. I, it is worth telling, and I appreciate that. Here's the fascinating thing, too. Um, when you look at scripture from a from a theological hermeneutical lens, right? Narrative story mm-hmm. is the most common form of of text that we find. It's the most yeah. pervasive, and I I think there's something to that. Why do you think though that people like you and I seem to be naturally drawn to a good story. Yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons. I, I tell think, them, you let me yeah. hear them. Um, I think the the biggest thing that that I've always said is when we tell good stories, we we intrude upon the timeless. So there's, there are things that... That are, is a great bumper sticker, by uh, the way. That's a great line. <laughs> yeah, intrude upon the timeless. And what, what that really means is um, a good story connects to things deeper inside of a person. Mm. Um, and so a good story, the reason we connect with a good story is a good story 
pulls things out of us that we may have never realized were there. And so mm. whether it's um, whether it's through film or literature or art, um, not even necessarily things within the church, good storytelling um, identifies those things within us. Um, so stories, in a sense, open up the heart. They mm. they bring um, understanding. Um, they they can make the complex simple. Um, mm. And I, I think the biggest, most powerful thing about stories they they stick with us. The stories mm. are the means by which we pass information from generation to generation. Mm. Um, and um, in a, in a more powerful way, in a way that facts can't, as we've touched on. Yeah. Um, and I think I think stories can also inspire and unite people, and can um, can spark change in a real in a real way amongst a group of people as well. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, I've seen in, in good stories is that when I read a good story, I, I somehow find myself within it. Mm. That I'm drawn into it, and and I begin to either resonate with a character or uh, picture myself journeying with someone in that story, and and in a lot of ways it disarms me. And you know, even when we look in scripture, like one of the biggest story moments in scripture for me, not the overarching narrative of the gospel, but unique stories, is the story that Nathan tells Daniel, uh, that Nathan tells David to help him understand that he's not the hero. And and so you know that's that's something I want to talk about in a second. But you know this story for listeners, it's it's you probably know it. You know David has done uh, something horrible. He's uh, led to the killing of Uriah the Hittite, and he's um, you know made the mistake with Bathsheba, and he's living his life thinking everything's fine. And God sends this prophet into into his court, and he doesn't say tell him the facts. Right. He says tell him a story. And and suddenly, as the story's being told, David finds himself siding with the the victim, and he can't believe that this has happened to the victim. And he goes, "Oh my goodness, who is this person?" And then then suddenly the, the reveal comes, and it's, "Oh my goodness, I'm that person, right?" And it yeah. just awakens him to this idea that what he's done in real life is exactly what happened in that story. And if he's that emotionally driven by that story, but what has he done in real life? That's just this powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah, talk to me about this because I think this is something that I see that Scripture does a lot too. Is that it challenges um, our perspective of where we find ourselves in the story? Mm. You said earlier that you know Jesus is the central kind of character. If you want, he's the hero of the story that God's telling us. And and something I've I've noticed in my own life and in the life of people I meet, we all want to be the hero of our own story. And so a great story that I've read, you know, you know, I go to the library, I pick up a book, and it's it's always those stories where you think someone's the good guy, they turn out to be the bad guy. You think right. Someone's a bad guy. You're like, no, oh my goodness, right? There's this wake up moment. Do you see that um, happening for us as individuals as we come to the Word of God? That the more we read it, it begins to help us find a, our our real place in God's story, and it helps us. In other words, helps us understand our relationship with God based on where we are in the story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. Um Jesus did this a lot, right? Mm. Um, Jesus told a lot of stories. And um, one story in particular that I think um, hits on this really well is the story of the the Good Samaritan, yeah. where um, in context, Jesus is, is, is delivering this story to a group of Pharisees, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and all throughout the story, you know, there's this, this man, who's um, on the side of the road, needs help. The people Jesus is 
delivering this story too, I think are are placing themselves in in some character within this story. So, mm-hmm. you know, these um, a priest passes by, um, doesn't help the man. Pharisees will believe that's not them. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 I believe it's then a Levite yep. that passes by, um, doesn't help the man. So the Pharisees believe that's not me. I'm going to be the next guy that helps the guy. Um, come to find that it's a Samaritan mm. that helps the man. And in context, you know, Jews and Samaritans, that that was um, uh, not, I would say, a positive relationship, yeah, right? Sure. And so, And so immediately in an instant, what Jesus does, he doesn't make the Pharisee the good guy. He makes the Pharisee the man who needed help. Mm. in the way he told that story. And I think that um, uh, I'm probably not capturing it very well here, but it's that idea of um, uh, placing placing ourselves in the shoes of someone in the story and, and realizing that um, we may not always be the hero, right? You touched on wanting yeah. to be the hero of our own story, but I think more often than not, we're the ones who need help. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a great story to bring up. In fact, I think as I look at it, and as you were describing it, it challenges, Jesus challenges listeners, he forced them, really, mm-hmm. to choose between two places that they didn't want to be. Right. Because to be in the position of the Levite or the priest meant that they were the bad guy. Right. But to be in the position of the hero of the story meant they had to associate with someone who they thought was the bad guy. Right. And now they're stuck. They go, wait, this is impossible. Right. Wh- who do we pick? And that's the point Jesus was trying to say. You aren't acting like the person God has called you to act. And if you don't, God will replace you, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. whoa, there's this moment. Yeah. And I think this is a great segue that both the David and Nathan story, this story of Jesus telling the story of the Good Samaritan, to talk about how we share our faith, mm. right? Because the Bible clearly tells us we need to share the gospel message with all people. I mean, this is the heart of texts like Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's Acts 1-8, just to name a few. But as I recall it, at least in my own life, I was often taught the facts. Yeah, Here's what I need to tell people in order to convince them that the truth claims of the gospel are true. And, and listener, let me throw a caveat. We're not, this is not a conversation about the, the truth of the gospel, the facts of the gospel. All of that's important. And people do have to come to realize those are true. Just like David had to come to the realization that he'd sinned, just like the, the, the Pharisees had to come to the realization that they had to change the way that they were acting. So it's not a question of pitting story versus truth. Yeah. But it's which is more effective at leading to the other, right? Which one's more effective at connecting with people? So talk to me, when it comes to sharing the gospel, in your mind as someone who tells story, what's the difference between sharing the gospel as a story and sharing the gospel as just a matter of facts? And why does this difference matter? Yeah, and we've, we've already kind of touched on this. You know, I think um, uh, it facts are a crucial part of any story, like we've said, um, but I think it, it matters to, to, to lead with story and in particular, I think when it comes to sharing the gospel, leading with with your own personal story, mm. um, because in in the context of sharing the gospel, your own personal story isn't something anyone can argue with, right? Yeah. Um, facts can, I think, mean different things sometimes to different people. Yeah. Facts may not um, always uh, always reconcile with 
one another. Um, and so um, stories, again, have a way of, of, of compelling people, of um, inspiring in a way facts, uh, you know, simply can't. So, um, yeah, I think um, uh, it can, it can cut, stories cut to the heart more quickly yeah. than facts do. I think that's that's a great that's a great way of saying it. You know, there's there's a truth to this, listener. If we if we say to someone, "Hey, look, you're sinful and um, you're out of relationship with God, and you need to have a right relationship with God," all that's true. Yeah. But we also tell a story that says, you know, when we look around the world and we see brokenness, and we recognize very quickly that there's brokenness in our life too. And mm-hmm. if everything's broken, we need someone to fix that. And the story of the, the story of the Bible is that Christ came to mend broken things. I mean, that that disarms people. And I think that's one of the things, that, and, and as we're talking, one, that's one of the things that I'm really seeing is that story helps to disarm our response to the truth mm. um, rather than put us up in arms against the truth. Is that maybe, and I don't know, are you, are you sensing that as we're having this conversation? Because it kind of seems like that's a theme that's running through this. R- repeat what you said again. Well, that, that story disarms our response to the truth. Mm. rather than putting us up in arms. Because it's less about right and wrong at that point, and right. it's more like, wow, what am I going to do with that? I mean, Nathan disarms David's response. Jesus disarms the Pharisees' response. The story of the gospel disarms my, oh, well, that may not be true. What about this? What about that? And helps me maybe become more self-aware, self-empathetic, um, yeah. um, just to what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, you touched on on empathy. And that, mm. That's a big buzzword today. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... But yeah, I think stories do disarm. I think power, the power of story is that it can, um, um, we can leverage things like metaphor to, mm. to an, an indirection to kind of um, um, surprise in a way. Um, and, uh, you know, the best stories will, you know, keep us on the edge of our seat <laughs> in yeah. a way. And so... Um, you mentioned t- telling our story right. as something that's important when we're sharing the gospel. It's, it starts with us telling our story. Yeah. How can how can our listeners begin to think about their testimony? And that's a buzzword when we talk about church in church circles church anyway. Talk, right? Yeah. Just everybody share your testimony. How do we tell our story and, and not just share our testimony? Yeah, yeah. Um, you and I talked about this, Steve. That yeah. I think um, uh, it's easy to believe that our story is is. Um, purely a, a set of circumstances that have happened to us, mm. right? When I think the story we should be telling is is more our response to those things, mm. right? So we're not, um, um, our story isn't just um, things that have happened, but it's, it's those deeper things beneath the surface of how we respond to the things that happened to us that I think mm. is really the, ultimately the story we should be telling. So, um, uh, yeah, I think God is always doing something deeper below the surface of our of our circumstances um, that will 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 bring that deeper connection with the person we're sharing with. Um, and you know, I think one of the most beautiful things that I love about the narrative of Scripture is how the Bible ends the whole story right in Revelation, and Jesus says. Um, that we will overcome by two things. It's the the blood of the lamb, right? Mm-hmm. And the word of our testimony. Yeah. And um, 
That's good. Testimony is really our story, the word of our story. Um, And I think um, um, it's so important to lead with the power of of our testimony, of of our word, of what God has done um, in us and through us. Um, When I think of the the word of our testimony, when I think of the significance of sharing story, I think of Ephesians 2, we are God's workmanship you know mm. created created in Christ for good works that um, the idea of works of workmanship the idea of creating something that there's a there's a process and a journey to it yeah. um, that um, where the story we're telling isn't finished right and there's something beautiful about that um, that um, mm. God is doing something in us that um, when we when we talk about that, when we when we share that, um, uh, I think we 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 see God um, write write the story even further um, as we as we share that with others. Yeah, um, I appreciate that, and I I think listeners, there's this um, there's a sense of vulnerability that is required to be a good storyteller, especially mm-hmm. when we're telling our story. Yeah, like I know one of the things that I've seen in my years of ministry and and testimony as we say that, is that people are really adept at telling half of the story. Mm. They don't mind telling the story of how they found Jesus and what Jesus has done in their life. But they kind of struggle to tell the first half of the story. Yeah, and, uh, and I remember back in high school, English, all right, learning the, the, the arc of a story, right? Where you have this rising crescendo to this pinnacle moment, the apex of the story where everything, you know, the, the hero is just about to, you know, fall off the cliff and then suddenly someone reaches down and grabs him and then you have this resolution of the conflict and then it's over, right? So this yeah. whole thing. What do we risk if we aren't willing to tell the first half of our story? Oh, I mean, we miss out on the, the beauty of God's, the, the full picture of God's redeeming work in us. And I, I think that's such a key thing when we talk about stories, specifically when, when, as it relates to, to God's story and God's working in us, that that it is God's story, ultimately. Yeah. That, as we touched on, that we are his workmanship um, created for for good works that, that he would accomplish yeah. through us. And, and so I think, um, yeah, to 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 paint that picture of what life was like before Christ, um, it's so crucial. I think we risk we risk building um, stronger relationships, possibly with mm. um, non-believers. Uh, I think we risk, um, yeah, just painting that that picture, that the full picture of, of what God's done. So we have to really be willing to be an unfinished art project for the Lord, mm-hmm. an unfinished story or a story that's continually being written. Um, and th- that's important if we're going to really reflect this. So as we bring this kind of session to a close, what might be one or two practical things? You know, we've been talking a lot of theoretical stuff in this in this podcast, which is great. I love it to talk about the power of story. But if we're going to be better storytellers, Elliot, yeah. what are one or two things we can do to start improving our ability to tell good stories? Yeah, I think practically um, one of the biggest things, easiest things maybe, maybe not easy, uh, but to, to write your story down, mm. to sim- put pen to paper and, and write it out and even struggle through it of, of um, 
whether whether it's uh, even even if it's the the painful parts of your story mm. there's something i think uh cathartic about just writing out your story um and then taking that even one step further to to share what you've written with with those close to you i mm. think we would it's wise for us to be um uh, to to practice telling our story with those close to us, yeah, I think in that uh, a crucial part of that too is is leading with the power of your own testimony. So, mm. um, um, not not shying away from from um, just telling your story in in the way you lead your family, in the way you um, lead your teams, your churches. And in, in that too, not shying away from the maybe the painful or the difficult parts of your story mm. as well, that um, I think those carry much more weight and significance. Um, and every good story involves, you know, risk and uncertainty and um, discomfort sometimes. And I think that's um, so important to to always be talking about those things with the people close to you. Now, I love, uh, if I can just pick up real quick as we close here, I love the fact that you said, you know, telling our story, not just with the people that we lead, but with our families. Mm. Um, you and I both have young kids at home. And one of the things that I've been challenging my two young boys to do and uh, is whenever we're with our family members and we're privileged to grow up in a Christian home too, but they've always known grandma and grandpa to be Jesus followers. And so if they don't ask grandma and grandpa their story, they just assume, hey, they've always been followers of Jesus. Right. And and I remember the first time my dad told my boys his story. Mm. And just their eyes opened that, wow, well, grandpa wasn't always, because my, my dad's a pastor, my, my grandpa wasn't always a pastor. There was, there was a life before. And just getting comfortable having people that your children know and respect learn stories. Because yeah. I think one of the most powerful ways for us to carry from one generation to the next generation, like you said earlier, this it's a way that we transmit. The way that we carry Christian culture in our families is by letting our kids hear those stories. So Absolutely. that's a great word for us. Uh, listeners, I hope you can take Elliot's advice to, to heart. You know, Three great questions to ask yourself as you're trying to write out your own story. What was my life like before I met Christ? Now that I know Christ, how is my life different? And can you describe the moment? What was what was your experience of discovering who Jesus was for the first time in your life? If you can use those three questions to kind of guide yourself, I think you're you're on a great way of being able to write out your story. Well, Elliot, thanks so much for helping us understand the power of narrative when it comes to the gospel. Uh, listeners, I want to really encourage you to ponder on the power of the story of the gospel. Narrative is the most common genre found within scripture. So the question is, is it the most common method you use when trying to share the heart of who Jesus is with those who do not yet know him? Let me encourage you to join us in our next episode of the Collide Leadership Podcast as Elliot's going to join us again, and we're going to discuss the power of stories that relates to our church, our ministry, and our organization. It's a conversation you won't want to miss. We'll see you next time. The Collide Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Rethink Creative, a brand strategy and design studio for churches, ministries, and nonprofits. Take your organization to the next level through branding, web design, and video. Check them out at RethinkCreative.com.